So welcome again to Fur Road this morning. Did you guys realize that you are, are part of history today? You are part of the very first worship service we've ever had in 2019. Wow, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Thanks for being part of Fur Road history this morning. Um, now some of you were at our uh, New Year's Eve Eve party last Sunday night, and we had a great time, didn't we, those who went? I, I, I thought it was a blast. Um, we had all ages there. Our young adults kind of planned things. They did a great job. Um, so you missed out if you didn't come. I thought you'd give you just a little glimpse of uh, part of the party. Let, let's watch just a little bit of it. 30 seconds left. 30 seconds left. <laughs> Now, how did Iowa State coming out onto the field in the Alamo Bowl from my phone get on there? I no idea how that happened. Um, but anyway, we had a great time at the party. Actually, the little kids won that game. They beat everybody, so good job guys on that, um, but we had a great party. Okay, let's turn the page. A uh, couple minutes ago, we watched that video on money, and the, and the truth is that, that money has an impact on really every area of our lives. Um, you can say what you want about money, but, but it does. It impacts everything, and for most people, there never seems to be quite enough money. Am I right? Yeah, it's just, just the kind of way it is, and if we aren't careful money can just completely kind of control our lives, e- either because we are so bad with money that it controls us, or we love money so much, um, than, more than we love God, and, you know, we just kind of have this pursuit of money that's unhealthy. Um, and so money can be the potential to be a really bad thing in our lives, but it also can be a good thing. And, you know, a, a common phrase that you often hear is money is the root of all evil. Okay, we've heard that. Uh, but did you know that's actually not quite true? That's not quite what the Bible says. Uh, f- according to 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul actually tells us that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Okay, so, so what is the root of all kinds of evil? The love, right? So that, that's an important distinction to make there. Um, when I was growing up, I loved money. I, I was just a, a money grubber from the time I was little. And uh, I, would, I was always trying to find ways to, to get money. And um, there's these old things called pay phones, guys. That they used to be around everywhere, and you would put coins into them. Or in, in, You guys, uh, some of you probably don't even know about those. But I saw one the other day in the uh, Tulsa airport. I saw a pay phone. I'm like, oh, wow, man. Yeah. So, but I, every time I saw one, I had to reach in there and see if there's any change in there. Anybody else do that? I, you know, every now and then there's a quarter in there or a dime or something and, or a pop machine. I'd have to reach in, see if there's money or, or whatever. So I was always trying to get money. I, I uh, had all kinds of little jobs. I, I trapped animals and sold their furs. I, I uh, raised sheep. I, I worked at a gas station, worked at a turkey farm, which was not, I don't want to go there. It's not fun. But 
you know, I didn't, I, I just liked money. And, and one of the things I would often do is my, I'd ask my parents for money, and, you know, they'd give me a, whatever, a $20 bill, and I just never quite remembered to give them the change, okay? So that was one of my ways. And, and so I was thinking about the, this, uh, my, my dad and I, uh, he, he was down here this fall, and we went to a Carl Junction football game. And I was going to get some popcorn for us, and my dad gave me a $20 bill to get the popcorn. And just instinctively, I think I just put the change in my pocket. And later on, I'm like, I never gave you that change, did I, Dad? He's like, nope, some things never change. So, uh, but yeah, so I was, I, I loved money. Um, but my priorities were different at that time. But if the, if the lo- love of money controls you, you know, th- there's a problem. The love of God should be number one. The number one thing, okay? If you love God first, you will have a better chance of having the proper perspective on money. And we can talk about all these other things, but if you don't have that love of God as your very first thing, your most important thing, it's going to be hard to get this right. Um, so kind of keep that in mind as we talk about this this morning. Our, our first priority is to love God. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money. And be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So God is saying, you know, I'll be with you, okay, no matter how much money you have, okay, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you, and so just be content, okay, it's really not about how much you have. So over the next four weeks, we're going to just kind of get some advice from God's Word on how money can be a, a blessing to us and, and a blessing to others. And today we're going to look at a few traps to avoid in regards to money and, and possessions. And then we're going to follow that up with some ways to overcome those traps. So if you want to follow along in the back of your bulletins, you can. But let's start by looking at some, some traps to avoid regarding money and possession. Um, the first trap to be careful about is kind of this mindset. I need it and I deserve it. Okay, so easy to fall into this trap, but, but I need it, right? I, I need this. And, and you not only do I need it, but, but I deserve it. You know, I work hard. And so even if I can't really afford it right now, I, I think I just deserve it. I need it. I'm just going to get it, okay? And most of us have been there, right? We can kind of talk ourselves into it. Um, but I think we've, be, we've become so accustomed to having things in this country beyond the necessities of, of food and shelter and, and water that, that we don't really even have a good understanding of what necessities are anymore, do we? Uh, there was a sociologist that, that revealed that in 1900, the average American wanted 72 different things and considered 18 of them essential. Okay, that's 1900. Uh, today, the average American wants 500 things and considers 100 of them essential. So you can kind of see the, the change uh, over the last 100 plus years. Um, the truth is that everything that we have on this earth is a gift from God. And we need to just look at that as a gift from God, as a blessing from God. Think about a, a spoiled child as an example. That If a child is spoiled, they often get to the point where they don't really appreciate the gifts that they receive from their parents anymore. And, and at a certain point, they, they get these gifts, and, and you know, it's really not that happy about it anymore. It's not that fulfilling. Uh, and they don't receive those gifts with gratefulness. 
is it possible that as Christians we get to the point where we don't receive God's gifts with gratefulness anymore? Um, we we kind of act like spoiled children because we think, man, why, why are things hard? Or why, do I, why am I not able to do these things that I want to do? And, and I would say, yes, that, that happens to most of us. And it can happen to all of us if, if we're not careful. Um, we look back to the, the Old Testament. I think there's a good example well, with the Israelites. When they were out in the wilderness after they had escaped from Egypt and God was providing for them, He's providing their needs, and every day they would eat something called manna. And, and uh, there was plenty of it. Okay, but it wasn't too long before they started saying, you know what, I'm, I'm sick of the manna all the time, every day. We want some quail. We want some, some meat, some real food. And, and so um, they started complaining about this. In Numbers 11, verse 4 and 5, it says, the rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. So basically they're saying, wah, <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on, God. And, and you know, they forget that they were brutally treated by the, their slave masters in Egypt. And, and they were crying out to God for him to get them out of there. And, and God did that. And so God was, was not really pleased with this complaining. And uh, they're going to get their meat all right. But look at what God said uh, later in this chapter. Verse 18. Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat, we were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. <laughs> you will not eat it for just one day or two days or five, ten or twenty days, twenty, but for a whole month until it comes out of your, your nostrils and, and you loathe it because you've rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? God wasn't too happy, was he? Okay, remember the old saying, be careful what you pray for? You might just get it. Okay, they, they got it. This meat was just coming out their nostrils. Um, and it's easy to look at the, the, the Israelites and say, gosh, what a bunch of crybabies, right? And, and we think, man, they, they, they didn't appreciate things. But we do the same thing. We we complain that we need it and, and we deserve it, whatever it might be. But God promises that He will meet our needs. And, and you know what we need? We need Jesus. That, that's number one. Most of us will probably never be wealthy in the world's eyes. That's okay. Okay, If, if you have Jesus, you're wealthy in what really matters. And, and, and you will be wealthy for all eternity. You know, some of the, the most joyful people that I know are, are it's people who are able to just kind of see the blessings that are around them. And, and, and people who, no matter what their circumstances are, they're just able to say, you know what, God is good. He, he takes care of me. He provides. So that's the first trap. Another trap that we fall into is kind of the idea of if, if I just had a little more, right? You know, if I just had a little more, my life would be so much better and, and so so much happier. And um, John Rockefeller was once asked, how much money does it take to satisfy man? And he answered, just a little more. Very true, 
I, I think. Very good statement. It, you know, it's, it's so easy to think if I, I just had a little more, my life would be so good. And, and if I had a little more, I could pay my bills. If, if I had a little more, my life would be so much better. Washington Nationals outfielder Bryce Harper uh, is one of the best players in baseball today, one of the best outfielders, and he is a free agent this winter, and so he's been negotiating with teams, um, but his own team, he's 26 years old, his own team um, made an offer to him before he went out on the open market, and they offered him $300 million over 10 years, okay, to play baseball, all right, so $30 million a year. His response was, that, that's not even close to enough. And so they, they think that he's looking more for about $400 million for 10 years, okay? Because really, I mean, how can you live on $30 million a year, right? I mean, it doesn't go as far as it used to, right? Yeah. So, I mean, think about that. Yeah, there's never quite enough. If we don't have the right mindset, it's always about a little more. Uh, he would... Uh, not be the highest paid player if he only made $300 million, the highest contract. The biggest contract is $324 million. So he wants to be above that. So it's really more about that than about the money, I think. So if we just had a little more. First Timothy 6, 6-9 talks about this. But, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Okay, we're conditioned in this country to always want a little more. Paul says that contentment along with godliness is what we should be looking for. Having a little more will not solve your problems. If you are bad with money when you have a little bit of money, you will be bad with money if you have more money. It, it just it doesn't magically solve everything. The money doesn't change, change that. So, so don't fall into the trap of always wanting a little more. And then don't fall into the trap of using the wrong measurements of success. Okay, there, there are different measurements for success in all areas of our lives. When I go fishing, uh, the species of fish determines what is successful. Okay, if you're, you're crappie fishing, like a 14 or 15 inch crappie is a, a, a nice crappie. Uh, largemouth bass, you're probably like a 21 inch bass is a, a nice bass. Uh, if you're walleye fishing, maybe a 27 inch fish is a nice walleye. If you're fishing for northern pike, maybe a 40 inch or, or above is a nice, a nice fish. And so it changes with the species, but... But really, the, it's always the bigger the better. And that's what you're looking for. In sports, you know, your success is based a lot, usually on your win and loss record. How many wins? How many losses do you have? When it comes to finances, we often consider the money as, as how do you define success? Your salary or, um, you know, how much money do you make? And, and that, that's why I went into ministry, so I could make the big bucks, right? <laughs> yes. But... But that's, that, that's not what God wor God's Word says about how you define success. Um, we need to make sure that we're measuring the right things. And so look at what Paul said in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, 
which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Okay, success is about putting our hope in God, right? Not wealth. Success is about doing good things for others, being rich in good deeds, it says. Success is about being generous and being willing to share. Katie, are you seeing the difference here? What success looks like? Don't fall into the trap of measuring success in the wrong ways. And then don't fall into the trap of comparison to others. Okay, this is one of the hardest things for many of us. We, we look at other people and, and what they have and, and, and we compare ourselves to them, you know, financially and lifestyles. And um, I happen to have a brother and a sister who both have really good salaries and, and they don't flaunt it. They're generous with it, but, but sometimes it's still hard not to compare to them. And, and Satan would like to plant the seeds that, you know, that they are successful more successful than, than I am. But those thoughts, they are not from God, right? Proverbs 14.30 says, a, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. It's pretty harsh and, and, and direct. Man, like, man that, but it's true. En- envy can just kind of eat away at us and it can cause resentment. But it says that at a, a heart at peace gives life to the body you know which sounds better rotten away or life right it's life obviously don't fall into the comparison trap and then one more trap i want to briefly touch on this morning and is that that's the debt trap okay uh, consumer debt is is a huge thing in our country and has been for, for many years, and, and it is so easy to fall into the debt trap. And, and In fact, this is such a, a big area that we're going to really kind of focus on this next week uh, because the Bible has a lot to say uh, about debt, but I, I just want to make sure and mention it this week. So we'll kind of develop that idea next week of, of escaping the, the debt trap. Uh, so there's some traps to watch out for. How do we keep from falling into those traps? I want to just share uh, a few ideas of overcoming traps. And and so the first thing is to to pursue spiritual riches. Pursue spiritual riches. It it is important to be pursuing the right things. Okay, The, the pursuit of money, it breeds pride. Okay, the pursuit of spiritual riches breeds humility. Okay, they're total opposites. Let me, let me read 1 Timothy 6.10 again and then kind of the following verses there. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for mourning have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Okay, do you see the list there of, of things that, that Paul is encouraging Timothy to pursue? Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue love. Okay, that's, that's how you take hold of life here on this earth. 
Okay, guys, we need to be passionately pursuing God and, and the things of God. Okay, pursuing things that have eternal value, not things that are just going to be temporary. They will not give us long-lasting satisfaction. We need to pursue spiritual riches, not monetary riches. And then to avoid these traps, we also need to handle money with integrity. Okay, no matter how much money we have, there is always going to be a temptation to, to be dishonest a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit here. Maybe it's a big thing here. Several years ago, there were some drug dealers, and they approached the, the captain of an oil tanker uh, that regularly made trips from South America to Los Angeles. And the dealers offered the captain $10,000 if he would bring a load of cocaine into America. He refused. They came back again, offering $50,000 cash for one load. He again refused. They returned a third time and asked if he would do it for $150,000. And he said, he, let me think about that. And, and so uh, what he did was he called the FBI. And the authorities put together a sting operation, and it worked perfectly. They caught the drug dealers. They seized a shipment of drugs, uh, $350,000 in cash, and a list of buyers in the Los Angeles area. After the incident, one of the federal agents asked the captain, why did you wait until they offered 150000 before calling us? He said, well, they're getting, they were getting pretty close to my price, and I was scared. <laughs> um, money can be such a strong temptation, and, and, and Satan will just use that to his advantage. It, it, if we de- do not determine to handle all financial decisions with honesty and integrity, uh, envy and greed are going to creep in there, and, and it's going to get the best of us, and we'll fail eventually. Uh, listen to the psalmist in Psalm 141.4. Do not let my heart be drawn to what is evil, so that I take part in wicked deeds along with those who are evildoers. In, in other words, God, help me to resist those temptations. You know, we, we face little temptations all, all the time when it comes to money. How, how do we handle those temptations? I remember in college one time, it was time to buy my books before the semester. I went into this bookstore. I bought them all, and I got home, and I, I started thinking, you know, it doesn't seem like that's the right amount. It feels like I, I should have paid more than I did. And so I started looking through, and they failed to charge me for one of my books. And it was like a 50 or $60 book. And so you kind of have this, okay, what do I do now? It, you know, and, but, but I just felt like, no, I need to, to go back. So I went back in and told them they forgot to charge me. And, and the first look was like, you came back? You know, that kind of. Um, but they said, well, we appreciate that. You know what? Don't worry about it. You know, th- this one's on us. Um, and so that, that was awesome for a college kid to get that free book. It, but that's not why I did it. And that usually doesn't work that way, right? Um, but we have to decide, how are we going to handle things like that? Um, just the other day, there was an older man in, ahead of me in the self-checkout line at, at a Walmart neighborhood market down here on Stone's Corner. And he, he uh, got his stuff, and he had got $20 cash out, um, but he forgot to take it. And, and he left, and I didn't see it at first. And, and as soon as I, I saw that, I grabbed it, and I, I ran out and, and said, Sir, I, th- I think you forgot this. And, and so he was very thankful um, but, you know, I, I've made decision a long time ago of how I'm going to handle that kind of situation. 
There wasn't even a question like, oh, should I, you know, should I see if anybody's watching? It was just like, no, this is, this is his money. That's the right thing to do. And, and I think we have to decide ahead of time, a lot of times, okay, how, how am I going to handle a situation where, you know, my integrity, you know, I could kind of fudge things a little bit. Um, because it's easy to let that, that slide. So handle money with integrity. And then be content with simplicity. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't want to make it sound like it's not okay to have nice things, okay? Or, or you know, as we talk about this, that, oh, if you make a lot of money, you're, you're in trouble. It's, it's a bad thing. No, God has given some people the ability to make money. And they can use that for awesome things. And so and that's, that's okay. But nice things should never be where our contentment is, right? Okay, our, our contentment should always come through Jesus. And so, um, you know, if that's the case, if we are content in Jesus, that it doesn't matter how big of a house we have or how little our house is. It doesn't matter how nice of a car we drive. Okay, so big or small... Our contentment doesn't come from that. It comes from Jesus. So um, there's always that temptation to kind of to be jealous, right, of somebody that has a little bit more than me or nicer things. That, uh, there's a, a show on TV called Selling Jets, and the, the, it's about these people that buy jets, and, and you know, they're talking in millions of dollars. And so it's not realistic for most of us to ever be. But there was this uh, one time this college girl was buying a jet. Her dad had given her permission to do the negotiation so she could have a a jet to fly back and forth between home and college because you you need that, right? And and so there was different levels. There was a $2 million one and then like a $4.5 million one and an $8 million jet. And course she thought she needed the eight million dollar jet because i mean how could you not and and so she's talking to her dad on the phone and and he was saying no that's too much and and she was saying things like dad but this jet down lower one doesn't it's not like yours at all it's not as nice as yours and and it doesn't even have wi-fi on it so how am i supposed to do my homework on the way to college and different things and 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 so as as you watch this it's like is this real (laughs) and i don't know maybe it wasn't but but uh, so they finally uh, settled on the four and a half million dollar jet and um, they would retrofit it with uh, Wi-Fi for like one hundred thousand dollars. So it, it was a nice compromise there. Right. Um, but she in her mind, she, she was comparing to what her dad has. And, um, you know, for most of us, it might might as well be two billion and eight billion. I mean, it, instead of a million, because that's way out there. But I think for all of us, there's something we have an Im- that can impact us at, at our level, um, something we can relate to. There's somebody that has something that can, you know, we wish we had. Um, and so I, I was thinking about, you know, how about this idea? Uh, when somebody, when there's a temptation to be envious, look for ways to, to be happy for them, to, to bless them. You know, someone buys a house that is nicer than your house, you know, buy them a housewarming present and be happy for them. If uh, somebody gets a better job than you, you know, send them a note of congratulations on that job. If, if uh, somebody has a, uh, a bigger engagement ring than you, be happy for them that they have that, that ring. 
Uh, Romans 12, 15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. So be happy for people. Be content with simplicity. That's not where your joy comes from. It's that stuff. And then finally, uh, face your mortality. Okay, I'm not trying to be morbid here, but, but let's face it. Our, our lives on this earth are, are temporary. Every one of us. Once again, 1 Timothy 6, 7 says, For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. Okay, a baby is born without anything, right? Just a, a naked baby covered in gross, gooey stuff. That's it. That's all they are. When you die, you don't take anything with you either, okay? Um, 100 years is about our limit here on this earth. Uh, most of us will be much less than that. And that's a short time, even 100 years when you compare it to eternity, right? To the big picture of eternity. Um, I heard a story about a woman whose uh, prized possession was her 1976 red Cadillac in mint condition. And her final request uh, for her husband was that she wanted to be buried with her, her 1976 red Cadillac. And so he, he purchased 14 burial plots to accommodate that request. And you can kind of see that there. That's the casket on top of the car. Um, the vault for the car was 27 feet by 12 feet by 6 feet. And the picture in the newspaper showed a, a crane kind of lowering her car into the vault uh, with the caption that said she did take it with her. <laughs> um, in reality, that Cadillac is still sitting there, right, in, in the ground, along with the casket. She didn't take it with her. You know, our, our lives are too short here on this earth to have money be our primary focus. They really are. Friends, like I said at the beginning, money is, is kind of a necessary part of our lives. But, but money doesn't have to be a, a negative thing or an evil thing. But if, that love, if there's a love of money that controls you, there's a problem. So once again, I want to go back to this. The love of God should be our number one priority. And, and if you love God first, there's going to be a much better chance of kind of having the proper perspective on money, even if you don't have a lot of it. So to me, the bigger question to ask yourself is, how, how, how's my love of God first? Okay, is my love of God ahead of everything else on the list? And, and if you get that right, it's, it's going to be a lot easier to get the money thing right as well. Okay, it starts with loving God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Let's pray.